It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked on Sports Minnesota. Got Kara Levin's very own Reggie Wilson with me. Life is good. Happy Wednesday, Reg. Happy Wednesday, brother. Let's get into it. Yeah, big show lined up, talking Twins doubleheader. Plus, just how good are the Vikings from a pure talent standpoint? And later, putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean? All coming up on Superior Sports Talk. So, Let's talk about those twins, shall we? Twins doubleheader yesterday with Cleveland. Huge division lead on the line. We know the story. They lose the first game 3-2, but take the second with a commanding 6-0 win. Big bounce back dub there. The lead back to three games over the Guardians. Two left to play in this five-game series. Let's start with the bad, or should I say ugly. Stop me if you've heard this. (laughs) Twins up late. Game one, two to one. Emilio Pagan comes in, dishes up the game tying, and then go ahead runs in the eighth. Just gut wrenching loss to start the day. Fans were not happy. I mean, Reggie Twins fans are just getting a little sick of seeing that happen over and over, like a bad episode of Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray. <laughs> only it's Rocco Baldelli starring in this lead role. The bullpen has had issues. We yeah. know that. No one has struggled more though than Emilio Pagan. These stats are getting absolutely wild now. Aaron Gleeman on Twitter: Emilio Pagan, 7.08 ERA in 37 appearances, dating back to September 1 of last season allowing 29 runs in 34 innings during that time a negative two a minus two win probability added it's the worst of any reliever in baseball and no reliever has thrown more innings with the worst era so we know he's bad and i'm not even blaming him anymore like players and guys struggle they go through slumps this Mm -hmm. is baseball but fans want to know why in the world are they still throwing him out there time and time again knowing what we know about his struggles I think it's because they don't have anybody else. Like, Who else are they going to put in there? It's like you got to just do what you can. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's, it's tough, though, because um, when you see him out there, you're like, oh, man, here we go. And it's weird because, like, his stuff is not bad. But, like, the location, the pitch selection – it's just not hitting like it's supposed to, man. Mm-hmm. And it's not hitting for him, but the opposing teams are hitting him a lot, you know? And so I don't know what they do about that. It's weird because, you know, we were kind of having this same type of discussion about Tyler Duffy. Mm-hmm. And that part, it's like in the second game yesterday, he came in, he was good. Like, mm-hmm. there was no problem with Tyler Duffy. He pitched the inning, got in, got out. It was all good. But now Pagan has become a thing. And, like, people on Twitter are just like, he's got to go. He's got to go. He's the problem. He's got to go. And I'm like, man, look, you let him go, who, who else? Who else are you going to go with? Right. Like, who's going to, you know, because, honestly, this just kind of seems like Pagan's, like, season to you know kind of be in some trouble Mm -hmm. but like it is not 
really like there's been no respect of of person mm-hmm. any man in that bullpen has gotten in some trouble mm. like even even um johan like as good as he's been he's gotten in some trouble in some games so far this season like it, it's been it's been a mixed bag with just about everyone and there's not that one person that you're just like there are some that you're like okay johan you're like okay we may depend on him a little bit more than others but the problem is is like everybody has seemed to to get in on it. They put Joe Smith on the injured list, and it's just like, man, like, if they didn't put Pagan out there, then who else? And Baldelli has kind of shown just this relentless spirit with the, the bullpen arms. Like, he's just like, you know what? It's not his fault. I'm going to put him back out there. And time and time again, like, I put on Twitter yesterday, it's demoralizing. It hurts, man. Yeah. Carlos Correa jacks out one, and it's like, wow, they got the 2-1 lead. Like, the game was close. Like, it, it, it seemed like runs were at a premium in game one, and Correa, boom, you know, puts them up 2-1, and you're like, all right, bullpen, like, just, just keep it. Like, this is a game that you win. Like, how many games this season have they lost because of a late game blown lead by the bullpen? It's been it's been ridiculous. Like, they'd have such a, a bigger cushion on the Guardians if they hadn't blown some of these games that they've blown. But time and time again, you you just cringe because you're like, oh, my God, I can't watch. I can't watch. Here it goes. Here it goes. <laughs> and it inevitably happens. Blown leads against the Guardians alone in the last, what, 10 days? Yeah. You know this division is going to come down to the wire, mm-hmm. and I hate to be that guy, but if they end up losing by a game or two, you know, you just know, especially on Twitter, fans will be pointing at a couple of these all right, remember back in June when they blowed a couple late-inning leads to Cleveland specifically, and now here we are. We get nudged out of the division lead, don't make the playoffs, something like that. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. You talked about Duffy, too. It's such a delicate balance in baseball when to ride out these guys when they're slumping and struggling. And Rocco mm-hmm. clearly doesn't have a lot of other options at this point, so it makes yeah. it a little bit easier decision. But, you know, the best players in baseball – go through really tough, brutal stretches during the season. And a lot of coaches, a lot of times, just let them ride it out. They let them Mm -hmm. figure it out on their own. I think that's what they're trying to do with Pagan. And like Duffy, maybe he ends up starting to come back to the mean a little bit. But some of those stats, again, are just wild. And Twins fans, they just want to know if and when they're going to make a move for a reliever because they're itching to get some new blood in there and Mm -hmm. stop seeing these wins turn into losses on a weekly basis. So that was the bad. So how about some good? Twins win the second game. Byron Buxton hits his 20th home run of the year. Aaron Gleeman again on Twitter. On a 162-game pace, Buxton would have 52 home runs. So that's pretty fun. Let's yeah. give it up, too, for the both starting pitchers yesterday as well. Yeah, I mean, that's not the heart and soul of this rotation. This is where you get on the edge of your seat a little bit and think, oh, man, this is probably where the wheels fall off. Guardians take the lead back here and win a couple. But no, despite the loss, Devin Smeltzer, six great innings, four hits, one run, nine Ks. Game mm-hmm. two, Josh Weiner comes in, six innings, four hits, no runs allowed. Luis Arise, two for four. 
Jorge Polanco, two-run home run, three RBIs. Mm -hmm. Reggie, uh, Buxton, starting pitching, handful of other positive notes I just ripped off. Which one got you most excited last night? You know, I think it was the the hitting. Mm -hmm. Because in game one, like baseball is such a funny sport like that, man. Like in game one, it just seemed like they couldn't get anything going. And that Correa home run was just like, thank the Lord. It was like, wow, wow. We needed that. Mm-hmm. And then in game two, it's just like, oh, yeah, we're just going to score six runs. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. That's and it was interesting right. because Josh uh, Winder got into some trouble in the first inning. And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, man, is it about to be one of those games? But then he settled in. A lot of ground balls. Like, he only struck out one. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, okay, like, solid. And he's not a guy that you necessarily lean on. But it's a guy that you hope to get some good innings out of and maybe trying to get to the bullpen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, you know, go from there. But honestly, I think we've seen enough of Devin Smelter this season to know that, like, he is a pretty good pitcher. Like, he's he's shown and proved well in just about every game he's pitched in this season. That was a solid, solid start yesterday. It sucks that he couldn't necessarily get a win out of it because I do think that he deserved to get a win out of it. But, like, if he's going to go out there and pitch like that, if the bats do what they have to do, and that's why I mentioned bats. You asked me what was the the most impressive part. I think the bats. If the bats had the game two type effort for him in game one, like, that would have been a great complimentary style of baseball play yesterday in game one but they saved that for game two and it was all good they gave winder the help but i think that's the most encouraging thing and we talked about it yesterday even when you know a rise goes two for four in game two and that's that's great but even when he doesn't necessarily have the game that you expect him to have or some of the other bats you know polanco fresh off the injury list he's like yeah i'm gonna score three runs here i'm gonna you know two run blast it's all good i'm back it's all good. Whatever. And it's just it's interesting. Game to game, like, you never know who could be the hero. You know, Gary Sanchez. Right. Three-run bomb. You know, like, any given game, any given back can produce. And that's the fun part about it if you're this Twins team. And that's what probably gives them confidence game to game that, you know, no matter what happens in the game before – Ted Lasso, we're like a goldfish. Yes. The next game moving forward, we got a good chance to win. That's a that's a great mentality to have, and that's that's really a, a sign of a of a pretty good team, which we keep saying that. Hey, Reggie, I think this team could might just be. be good. I mean, it might maybe just be good. Maybe. Hey, Reggie, when you were a kid, did you ever collect uh, baseball cards, basketball cards, football cards? Were you did you get into any of that? A little bit. Just little bit? Okay. Yeah. Well, I got. I'm, I was that kid in the neighborhood. I got boxes sitting up mm. in the attic, all right? It would be cool holding a Byron Buxton rookie card right now. Value keeps rising every day. You can with Sports Card Investor. It's completely free. You can browse from over 630,000 cards at any given time. Download the Sports Card Investor app today. Available for free in the Google Play and Apple stores. Go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on twins lead over the guardians back to three games two left to play in this five game series dylan bundy on the mount tonight mm-hmm. first pitch 6 10 p.m reggie and i will be back here tomorrow to break it all down all right to football we go 
74 days now until week one of the NFL season kicks (laughs) off. ESPN ranked the sheer raw talent of every NFL team's roster listed its biggest strength, weakness, and X factor. Your Minnesota Vikings... 19th on the list and said their biggest strength was of course wide receiver room justin Mm -hmm. jefferson Thielen, kj osborne weakness was what else same thing we've been talking about for the past decade it feels like even before reggie got here in minnesota the offensive line and the Mm -hmm. biggest x factor was zadarius smith teaming up with daniel hunter remember when healthy zadarius was the fourth best pass rusher in the league for the packers we'll get to the rest of the nfc north some other surprises on the list but first reggie your thoughts on the vikings ranking 19th from a talent perspective. I think that's kind of low, don't you think? I, I thought that was low. low. I'm thinking middle of the pack. I'm not yeah. expecting top 10. I'm not going homer on the bit, but I'm thinking middle of the pack. Wasn't the whole thing Vikings underperformed with the talent they had? So to see yeah. 19th, man, that surprised me quite a bit. Yeah, like I'm looking at some of these teams that are ahead of them. They got the Colts. They got mm-hmm. the Cowboys. The Cowboys is like, okay, all right, we'll, we'll take that. Yep. But then the, the Commanders and the Patriots, like I think the, the Vikings have much more talent than those teams. Yeah, what are Like we by doing? far. Like I, I mean, I, I, I'm I trying to do. stay biased and devil's yeah. advocate. I'm not trying to go homer on the bit, but 19th? Yeah. Okay. All right. Like, okay, All right. you can argue, okay, the Patriots may have a better offensive line. Okay, fine. Sure. You know, fine. Yeah. They don't have a better receiving core. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. – they're, um, How about quarterback? Doesn't the whole team ex- start and begin exactly. and end with quarterback? I exactly. I mean, Mac Jones, fun, but I don't know. Yeah, their their biggest weakness is the the cornerbacks, but I would say yeah. that the the cornerbacks that the Vikings have, you know, I would take them over who the Patriots are throwing out there. Yeah, agree. I think on the the Colts, like the Vikings' offense is much better than their offense. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. interchange Cook with Jonathan Taylor, and you're yep. just like, you know, whatever. But yep. they don't necessarily have the receiving talent that the mm-hmm. Vikings have. Like. Right. You know, I think it's kind of low, but you know, the biggest strength they're they're saying it's the the receiver core. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, Justin Jefferson, Thielen, KJ Osborne. Like they said, when when Thielen has been healthy, only one player with more red zone touchdown receptions than him, and that's Devontae Adams. And Wild. you know, last year I was just like, you know, there was a a point where I was just like, man, all this guy Adam Thielen does is score touchdowns, like. Mm-hmm. That's just all he does. He, he had 10. He didn't even play a full season last year. He had 10 touchdowns. Crafty. Like, yeah, just really cra- Just a consummate professional. Mm-hmm. Just a guy that goes out there and gets it done. He gets open, you know, finds his, his, his spots in coverage and just – gets the job done. The dude is just a really good wide receiver. It surprised me a bit because, again, I thought the perception, right, from the experts and fans was the Vikings, it wasn't that they weren't talented, but that they weren't Mm -hmm. maximizing their talent under Mike Zimmer. They were underperforming in a lot of key areas given the players and skill sets they had. So to see them all the way down at 19, a little disappointing, a little surprising, but I didn't expect them again to be in the top 10, but again, middle 14, 15, 16. So rest of the NFC North shapes up like this. Packers fifth in talent, Lions 25th, Chicago Bears. <laughs> I don't even want to say it, Reggie. I, I'm starting to feel really bad. All's you I just love beating up on them. Goodness gracious, 30th dude. in the Give league. Hey, 30th in the league. Not bad. Room to grow, right? Only can go up from there. <laughs> Here's the top eight on the list. This is interesting because Bills, number one. Bucks, two. Chargers, 
Rams, Packers, Browns, Eagles, Bengals. Here's what's wild to me. Everyone has the Chiefs to win that wild, wild AFC West. But from a sheer talent level, the Chargers are third in the league, according to this list, while the Chiefs Mm -hmm. aren't even found until number nine. That's wild. Also, the Browns? Excuse me? Ravens are 12. Steelers are 22. Wild stuff going on here. What sticks out to you the most on this list outside the Vikings? Well, that they have the Bills number one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, start there. Okay, we get it. Like, uh-huh. the Bills have a lot of momentum. You mm-hmm. know, the sign Von Miller. Yep. Um, gave Stefan Diggs the, the big contract. Like, they have a lot of talent all over the field. And so, I get that part. They did lose their offensive coordinator, so we're we're wondering how that's going to affect them. But they have all this hype coming into this season about being a team that is expected to compete for a Super Bowl this year. And it's just interesting that they gave them the number one ranking when, look, that division has come and gone with what the Patriots are doing for the longest time. And Mm so now you're saying that the Bills are just by far ahead of them. And you're just like, I don't know. That man Bill Mm -hmm. always got something up his sleeve, you know. And I also think that the division got better as well. You know, the Jets had an incredible draft. Incredible draft. So good. You're you're wondering – You know, if Zach Wilson is going to take a step forward because last year you saw some flashes of some good things. And then you're like, well, I'm not really sure. Not really sure. I do know that when the Bills play the Vikings this season, that is going to be probably the toughest, if not. If not one of probably the toughest game that no, they're going to play, right. I think it's the toughest next game on season. The yeah, that yep. the the two times that they're going to play the Packers is going to be tough. Yep. But like, man, look, there are people that are already picking the Bills to beat the Rams in Week One. The Rams won the Super Bowl. Right. Like, right. dang, man. Like, I think I think the hype is real for this team, and that that's probably the biggest one for me. It's funny too with. Just how how much people are buying the Bucks because Tom Brady came back. Sure. Like I don't think they have this number two ranking Mm-mm. if Brady is not there mm-hmm. because I don't know if they knew who was going to be the quarterback if right. Brady wasn't wasn't coming back. And so that part makes it really interesting. But the Chargers, man, I watched this team last season when they played the Vikings out in L.A. And for sure, they have a lot of talent. They added Lil Mack to the to the defense, and that's scary. But, like, man, something about this team, it, it matters not who the coach is. It matters not the, the assembled players. They have all the talent. Justin Herbert is one of the talented, most talented quarterbacks in the league. They got him at number three talent-wise. But somehow they're just going to get a wild card or something like that right, because that's right. just what the Chargers do. Like, mm-hmm. they barely snuck into uh, – they barely – they tried to sneak into the playoffs right. but couldn't to beat that, that Raiders team, which I think they had much more talent than that Raiders team. Yeah, but it's you just don't like, call a timeout with a minute 30 left and they probably <laughs> go on to tie and then both teams get into the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Game there. Yeah, exactly. But it's just like – this team, for some reason, the Chargers are going to charge us. So, you know, put them, put them up there, number three, all you want. I think it's kind of funny that they put them above L.A.'s other team. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
it is what it is. And it's funny, too, because, like, for all that the Packers lost on offense, they still got that number five. I think it's the Aaron Rodgers effect. They put a good defense or they're building a good defense. It remains to be seen how good that defense is going to be. We'll find out on week one. But they're they're building this defense around Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is still the guy. But he's throwing to guys that are largely unproven in that offense. You know, Randall Cobb, he's older. You know, Sammy Watkins hasn't avoided the injury bug the last several seasons. He's looking at this as like one of his last chances to prove what he has. Christian Watson is a rookie. You know, Alan Lazard may be the most dependable, I guess, there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he had Devontae on the other side. Let's see what happens when he's not, you know, drawing some some favorable matchups from the defense. So we'll see what we'll see what happens with that. I just think it's 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 interesting. They just put him at at 5 because of this defense, but that offense, they're just trusting Aaron Rodgers a lot. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers effect, much like you mentioned Tom Brady effect with the Bucks at 2, Chargers at 3. That whole AFC West man probably just going to beat each other up. Mm-hmm. We'll see who the last man standing is at the end. How about the number 1 seed in the AFC last year, the Tennessee Titans? Number 20 on the list, 20th most talented team. That's about in the right, man. Number one seed in the division last year. They lose A.J. Brown, and all of a sudden they're picking, what, in the top 12 next year, apparently, to the list. You know what else is wild? LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Last one real quick I want to touch on. The Eagles were the team that intrigued me the most heading into the offseason because, mm-hmm. okay, you got the young mobile quarterback you're trying to develop. He's exciting. Yeah, some ebbs and flows, but you're trying to develop him. Three first-round picks going into the draft. They draft one of my favorite prospects, the big nose tackle, Jordan Davis from Georgia. They trade the other one for the guy we just mentioned, A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. to get Jalen Hurts another weapon next to Devontae Smith. They're seventh on this list from just pure talent. Sitting a pretty so-so division, playing Washington, the Giants twice a year. Everyone has the Cowboys winning the division, but they're only 16th on the list. Eagles could make some noise here these next few years. Just real quick thoughts. Jalen Hurts might get this new contract extension. What's your thoughts on the Eagles and that NFC East? Well, they definitely have the talent, you know, mm-hmm. have a pretty talented offensive pretty line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got got Devontae Smith on one side, A.J. Brown on the other side. That is, that is really, really, really solid. They mm-hmm. got a really good uh, defensive backfield as well. You know, the front seven usually always comes with it, with that team. The X factor really is Jalen Hurts, and I think they've been trying to make it work with him. I don't know that they're all the way sold on him being just the guy. Mm -hmm. And he's shown some flashes. He's also been very inconsistent as well. I think it all depends on what you're going to get from him. And I think he's motivated. He's a guy that, you know, lost his job in college to Tua. Mm-hmm. ends up transferring to Oklahoma and and you know kind of redefines who he is kind of becomes more of that that passer as a quarterback you know the legs are always going to be there that mm-hmm. makes him you know multi-dimensional and that that provides a, a spark but it's just like look games are are one with how you play from the pocket 
And it's okay if the play breaks down and you make some things happen with your legs. He's he's a very athletic guy, and he he does some very dynamic things. He's not like a Lamar Jackson or something like that, but, you know, he can do some things athletically. He poses a threat. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. But but what you want to see is, is him spread the ball around to this talented uh, receiving core that he has and and really kind of make an impact that way as well as a passer. And that part has been a little bit inconsistent. The Vikings get him on week two. That's going to be a, a mm-hmm. really tough matchup for them as well. The, the Vikings' strength of schedule, man, is, is up there. It's, it's shoppy, up there. They're playing, some, yeah. they're playing some teams. They get the Eagles on Monday night Saints in week two. Saints in London early. Yeah, I think that's going to be a tough matchup for them. But I do think that the Vikings have the talent to beat a team like the Eagles, especially early on as the Eagles try to find a, a little bit of a gel, try to find, you know, what works for them, you know, with some of the new pieces that they've infused with some of the leftover, the holdover pieces. And the the hope is for Jalen Hurts to really take another step forward and start hurting more defenses. What you want to see as an Eagles fan, you want to see Jalen Hurts just – lead the team, the offense, down the field with two minutes left and come from behind and just carry the team and go win a ball game. I would Mm -hmm. be a little nervous if they were to pay him a huge contract extension now before this season. I think this third season is going to be pivotal for him, and you want to see that next big leap in progression development before you shell up, tie yourself to him for the next four or five years. But we'll see how it all plays out. 74 days until week one, NFL kicks off just one month from today. Training camp kicks off in Egan at TCO. Those dates and full practice schedule just released up on Vikings.com. Until then, Reggie and I got you covered every step of the way. All right, time has come. My favorite segment's here. I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat, covering all the latest hot topics in Minnesota sports. First up, Washington Commanders wide receiver Terry McLaurin signed in a three-year extension worth up to 71 mil in new money. That places him among the NFL's five highest paid wide receivers. What does it mean for Vikings superstar Justin Jefferson, who is likely to sign his first contract extension with the team next offseason coming off his rookie deal? Hey, real quick. <laughs> Shh, you hear that? You hear that? You hear it? That's the Brinks truck backing up with a lot of cash in there. Oh man! You know, open it up. It, the the money's falling all out onto the ground, man. Oh. It's 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 kind of crazy out there. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be an interesting deal because technically, what's funny about this whole thing? Justin Jefferson's only played two seasons in the NFL. It's wild. So he still has three years of team control. Mm-hmm. You know, they he's got two more years on the rookie deal, and then they can exercise that fifth-year option on him as well. So, like, there is not necessarily a rush to have to pay him, but the longer they wait, yep. the more the price is going up because, as Fat Joe said, yesterday's price is not today's price, and you mm-hmm. can lean back. I think if he comes out, and produces a like the Vikings are going to do this to themselves. They mm-hmm. hired Kevin O'Connell as head coach. Yep. Kevin O'Connell is an offensive minded head coach. He's going to get the ball in Justin Jefferson's hands and put him in positions to succeed out there on the field. And I think Jefferson is going to run up the numbers in this offense next season. And it's going to be undeniable 
I mean, it already is in my book. It's going to be undeniable that you have to pay this man. You have to pay this man. And the longer you wait, the more you're just going to have to fork over more cash, fork over more cash. And he is worth every penny. You know, Terry McLaurin produces at a high level. And, you know, he's had Elmer Fudd as quarterback the last several seasons. Like, <laughs> you you don't even know who's going to be throwing him the ball. You know, you got Taylor Heineke throwing him the ball. They signed Ryan Fitzpatrick last year to be the guy to throw him the ball, and he got hurt. And so, like, even with the, the quarterback struggles, it kind of reminds me of, like, Larry Fitzgerald back in the day. Like, mm. You know, before and after Kurt Warner, you're just like, man, who's throwing this dude the ball? But he keeps having these thousand yard plus seasons. Like, apparently somebody's throwing it to him, but like. Makes it more impressive. Like, never yeah, really like, a stable quarterback after Kurt exactly, Warner. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so Terry McLaurin is just producing back there. He's just a really good wide receiver. But it's just like, look, Justin Jefferson is that dude, man. And he's had Kirk Cousins throwing him the ball. Like, his, his numbers could have been even more ballooned last season if they had have made a little bit more of a concerted effort to force feed him the ball like they did once the season hit the midway point. The dude just always finds a way to get open. He always finds a way to beat coverages. He finds a way into the end zone because he loves to gritty, and mm. that's the reward for a touchdown. We see it every time. But what's really cool about it is he's still growing as a player. And he's going to grow in this new offense. And like I said, keep playing around if you want to. You know, mm -hmm. keep waiting around. That third year will go by. That fourth year goes by. You know, fifth year option. Like, okay, he's going to keep getting paid on these deals. Like, that's the good part. But you don't want to get into a situation where you're trying to franchise tag him and all that. You don't want to make a guy like that disgruntled. Yeah, You know, you lucked up losing Stephon Diggs and then finding a guy like Justin <laughs> Jefferson coming in right behind him and, and you, you didn't miss a beat. But you can't just continue to be, you know, as, as good of a wide receiver class as we continue to see year in and year out. That's not a guy that I feel like is replaceable. So keep that guy happy and pay the man whatever whatever he says. If he walks into it, the office um, with Kwesi and a blank check, you just sign it and say, put your number on there and, and get out of here and go have fun with it. Yeah, I mean, the wide receiver market exploded this offseason. Devontae mm -hmm. Adams, five-year, buck 40. Tyree Kill, four-year, buck 20. A.J. Brown, four-year, 100. 28 to 30, 32 is about what these top-tier receivers per year are expected to get paid. Next year at this time, anything less than 30 for Justin Jefferson, I tweeted out yesterday, is a bargain. That's a bargain because you're exactly right when you say this is why you brought O'Connell in to turn this guy into the next Cooper Cup, if not even better. Guy just won the Triple Crown. Justin Jefferson's ceiling probably even higher from a pure talent standpoint. Cooper Cup, three years, $80 million extension this offseason. So anything less than 30 at this time next year, I think is a bargain. And if you want to get cute, you want to wait until 2024 then you're looking instead of 30 33 35 million something like that so it's not a question of if but when they Ooh. could you're right wait one more season but instead of 30 per year you're gonna have to pay him close to 35 remember when Kirk Cousins signed that three-year fully guaranteed 90 million dollar contract everybody lost mm -hmm. their minds well here we are three four years later 
it's small potatoes, man. That's just yep. the price, and that's just the market and the going rate for some of these star players. What is interesting is the timing of Justin Jefferson's quarterback contract because Kirk Cousins, for sure one more year, maybe two. Justin Jefferson, all right, free agent in what, two, maybe three years. It'll be interesting to see what his quarterback looks like. Like, are they going young? Are they starting fresh in two years with a rookie quarterback? Are they going to keep Kirk Cousins around for the next five more years? Justin Jefferson and every wide receiver want stability at the quarterback position. And if they wait too long and end up signing that fifth-year rookie option and then don't really take care of the quarterback position, that may spell disaster for him and his decision-making going, Ah, man, I got nobody here throwing me a quarterback. I may go test the free agent market next year. So probably a long shot that'll ever even come close to happening. But you're right. I think, Quasey, hand him a blank check. Name your price, bro. Whatever you mm -hmm. want. Get it done. All right. That's a wrap. Back here tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikings, and plenty more. Remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie Wilson. Follow him on Twitter at ReggieWilsonTV and on CARE11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.